everyone, it's Miss Luminary here. Um, I hope you're well. I should say we hope you're well. My co-host Ruby Susan, I hope you're well. We know this lockdown's been really tough um, and our thoughts and prayers have been with you throughout this entire period. But the good news is lockdown's ending soon. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. Like I legit just, I just want to step out of the house feeling fresh, fresh hair, fresh nails, fresh eyebrows, fresh everything, 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 just fresh. Um, so yeah, I'm excited. You can tell I'm excited for that lockdown, that vitamin D touching my skin. I'm excited for it. I'm excited for it. Um, and I hope you guys are too. Um, and equally, I hope y'all are excited about the fact that we're back. Yes, that's right. Yep, yep, I said it is back for a second season um, with our fresh content, our weird and wacky questions, a couple of guests, you know, hint, hint, a couple of guests are going to make a guest appearance this Because I say it when I open my YouTube videos. I'm like, it's your girl, Ruby Suze. That's what I say. I don't watch your YouTube that often. Um, anyway, <laughs> back with another episode um, of Yep, Yep, I Said It. I am joined by the delectable, I'm using her for adjectives now, delightful, hilarious. No, what's the word? Not unnecessarily driven. She's very driven, but she needs to learn to say no. Yeah, the person that doesn't know how to say no to anything um, will take on a million projects and then realise, I don't don't have time for it all. While being a wife and a mother, still doesn't really make sense to me. The wonderful Miss Ruby Sue. I say no to drugs, though. I say no to drugs. Oh, yeah, she does say. She She said I don't say no to anything. And just a disclaimer um, to our audience, if you notice a difference in the sound, it's because um, we're respecting COVID-19 <laughs> um, rules and resi- regulations. Nobody wants to go to jail, um, quite frankly. And I want all my money to stay in my bank account. Don't want to pay a fine. So we're doing this over Zoom. So if you um, can be patient with us in terms of the audio. Back to you, Auntie Abim. Oh, it's, it's interesting. This is, like our first, this is the first time we're recording over Zoom. Yeah, and it's the first time we've actually got a guest. So, guys, Ooh, we're trying to first think in live. Huh? First for every first time for first everything. Um, so we're trying to spice things up in life. Uh, I'm not really sure what to say, and I should have probably actually asked him before. How does he want to be introduced? Self. Um, he can introduce himself. Okay, so at this point, I'm going to hand over to our lovely guest. <laughs> Is it Temi or Temzi? Temi. Temi, who's going to introduce himself, give a little bit about his background, and then I'll come back and explain why we've got him on the show today and why it's going to be really fun to freak out Ruby's food. I <laughs> <laughs> can't take you that seriously. Uh, yeah. <laughs> My name's Temi. Um, they also know me as Mr. Faith and Finance. Um, yeah. You get me? That's a little bit. Doing there with the FF, you know what I mean? And, yeah, that could also know. be Fred and Florence from Tesco's. <laughs> she does. I, I, I just want to put this. Someone to do my rebranding now. That the FF, it worked. Oh my <laughs> god. <laughs> So sorry, but <laughs> I think I just put this in for what's happening. Well, well guys, um, we can stick with 10 for now. Yeah, <laughs> Mr. Face and Finance. I'm going to call you that throughout today's episode, but Mr. Face and Finance. So, um, do you want to tell us a little bit about what you're doing, like your day job? Um, yeah. Or wait a little bit before we give it away. What do you want to do? No, no, I'm cool with that. You know, I am that. The insurance guy, no. <laughs> <laughs> the doom and gloom insurance guy. Nah, that's what I do. I'm an insurance advisor. So a lot of people get this thing mixed up. You know, yay, send insurance. Now I advise on insurance, different type of insurances, and make sure families, businesses, individuals, assets are covered the right way. There's a lot of wrong ways to do it. There's a lot of people that do it. You know, a bit dodgy, but we do it, or I do it the right way. So, yeah, that's me. And checking your, is it FCA? 
FCA accredited, isn't FCA it? FCA regulated. That's FCA great. Regulated. Yeah, so, yeah. Spin, FCA. And she got a thing for that. Is there FCA for that? Ruby. She won't. She won't. <laughs> no? No Freddie, you know? No Charlie and Adam. <laughs> Oh, actually, it could have been Fred Flintstone as well. Okay, so we've got the Faith and Finance System Insurance guy, actually, FDA, the insurance advisor, Temi on the line, and we're going to explain why in a minute. But picking up on this theme called money, it's time for our uncomfortable question, as you know, we like to do. Um, And instead of directing it to Temi, to Mrs. 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 Ruby Sue. I'm safe this week. And she's safe this week and I'm also safe this week. We're going to direct it to Mr. Tem. So, in this hypothetical situation, Mr. Tem, you are a single man. Who said that? I'm joking, I'm joking. (laughs) (laughs) Working in your insurance job. Yeah. uh, You know, it pays well enough. It's not, you know, we're not talking footsie 100 here. One day though, one day we're going to get that real, we're going to stack that cash. I know both of us are on that journey. But you're, doing your insurance job and you've been dating this woman for a while now now she's like a VP managing director at like a FTSE 100 company and with ridiculous money I'm talking like 150 to 200k and it's been like let's say three months and she hasn't let you pay for anything do you be on that relationship Uh, will you marry me Yes, boss. So that's a yes attempt. You carry on that relationship. Carry on that relationship. I do what I can to, you know, contribute to the relationship. I'm very sure, you know, the the reason why she's doing things in that area is because I'm doing things very well in other areas. So I think. Come on, it's not. <laughs> Sometimes, so you need to just bring it out a little bit. So we say sanctified Christians out here. You know, no sex before marriage and all that jazz. So Miss Ruby, oh, oh, sorry, Miss my brain. I meant, I meant, I meant shopping. I meant shopping. Oh, sorry. I need Jesus. I need Jesus. I clearly need Jesus. I don't know why my mind always goes left. Nah, so yeah, well, you marry me. Like, that's a strong woman. She's doing her thing. You know, there doesn't have to be, obviously, you're not taking advantage of her. It's something that she wants to do for you. So embrace that. And you, you hope to reach that level one day as well. Hopefully, she's not just investing in dinners or whatnot. She's also helping you to, with your future as well, and see how you can get to that level. Like, so why not embrace it? Can I ask you a question? I'll go on, Mr. Mrs. Mrs. Uh, but don't you think as well, though, that it might be a case of that there might be some, there might be a reason why she's doing that. Cause it'd make me wonder, like if a guy was mm-hmm. always forever paying for me, I'd be like, okay, I'd wonder if this is about control a little bit. I'd want to explore it. Like, have you got some issues? Are you scared that I'm going to like run away? I don't know. Cause I just think that when someone's just like adamant that I'm only paying for something, it always signals to me that there is something more behind that yeah, behavior. So yeah. I'm worried that like she's trying to control me financially because okay, fine, you've got your money, but I've got my money too. My money doesn't smell, so <laughs> no. Like no, I, it's, I, a fair, it's a fair point. What you're saying? I didn't like. I mean, I, I've always I've shared with um, um, Miss Luminary before anyway that I before I got married many many years ago, I did go out with a guy who had a lot of money. Stupid money, stupid money. And his, his cars were always brand new. But I didn't like it because I felt like I was bought. I didn't like, I felt okay. like I was a trophy. Like there was nothing that we were going to build together. And that really, that wasn't great. So yeah, I just wonder whether, wouldn't any an alarm bells go ringing in your head that? Alarm bells are going uh, ringing in my head if he wasn't communicating. Okay. So, you know, communication is key. I would love to know where her mind's at and why she does what she's doing. Um, and obviously there will be discussions about that. But, you know, like I said, I would like to obviously contribute and whatnot, whatnot. But, but she has a valid, valid reason as to like, no, literally I want to do this forever. Then, yes, yeah, the same way I would want to be able to provide or, you know, pay for a certain amount of dates and whatnot. You know, it's the same way I would like to do that for, for the, you know, for her too. So 
I think it's all about communicating. And if you don't communicate and this is happening and she's continuously saying no, 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 then obviously that's alarm bells and you should have been communicating with her in the first place. Yeah, that's true. I saw someone actually, a big YouTuber recently, she proposed to her her fiancé and I was like, I don't know, something in me just felt a bit like, ugh. Like, it took me, I don't know. How I don't know. I wonder how he felt like in that moment. And you see, I could you see, I could do what Timmy's talking about in terms of um, you know, take if I had that money, one day I will have that money, but hopefully I don't think it's gonna be whilst I'm still single. Um hint hint on the market, everyone. <laughs> um I could do that. I think I still want I still need to give room for him to take control. So like for example, Temi said straight up, he was like, Will you marry me? Like I you have to I'm not gonna propose to you. Mm-mm. I don't care how much money I have in the world, I'm not proposing to you. I want you to propose to me. I want I want that whole experience of being down on one knee. I don't even care if it's that Haribo ring. Yeah. It's not about the size of the ring or the rock. Um but I want that whole experience of a guy actually asking for my hand in marriage. I just, I can't, because Chrissy Jones did it, I think, to, um, what's that guy's name? Jim Jones. She proposed to him after like 10 years. And I was just like, everyone was like, she's a boss woman. I was like, I, I couldn't do it. I'm sorry, I can't. I want you to, because for me, if not, I feel like I'm going to drive that entire relationship and I'm already a control freak. So. Yeah, fair enough. But this. <laughs> Is uh, this all comes to it? Like, I get it, I get it, I get what you're saying and all of that. But if a, a woman has the guts to do that and she's got that, you know what, marry me, you know, I, f- I rate that too. I do think it's the right way is for the man to do it, what not the traditional way. A man, a man should want to do that, but at the same time, a woman that wants what she knows knows what she wants, she should say what she wants. Like, I want you to marry me. Like, why not open your mouth and communicate? Oh, we definitely need. Uh-huh. We need more men like you in the world. Like uh, this is through learning, so uh, yeah, I was never this is uh, hey. <laughs> <laughs> means that his wife has whipped him into shape, ladies. That's what that means. Uh, How long yeah. have you been married sharing? Huh? How long you been married if you don't mind sharing? Ten plus. Well done. Oh, hey. <laughs> ah, ratings, ratings, ratings. Ah, that gives me so much joy. I love it. I love it. I love it. Anyway. Despite our uh, digression down the relationship road, we're not actually here to talk about that today. But today's topic is quite simply put, and I'm pretty sure this is uh, Ruby Susie's internal screaming right now. I don't want to talk about death because as far as she's concerned, she's already dead. So why does it matter? Um, Yeah. Hilarious in some respects, but uh, and I can laugh at her, and I laugh at her many a times when uh, she says to me. Um, but on a serious note, there are some real things about, or we, you know, it's twenty twenty. We're recording this in twenty twenty. We've seen so many people pass away in a way that we were not anticipating, especially with the pandemic, but just through other things. Like I've had a friend who brother's partner literally their dad just dropped down dead from a heart attack straight he had he had no savings there was no stocks and shares there was no investment there was none of that kind of stuff um and now he's even though he's dead and gone his family are footing the bill oh yeah that's what happened you inherit the debt yeah you inherit the debt you inherit the debt um so you know we wanted to talk about this whole how can you prepare? How can you, what can you leave behind for your family than just your legacy, if that makes sense? So they've got all the memories, they've got all the good stuff. And mm-hmm. it's a trick for Ruby Sue. And at this point, I'm going to hand over to her so she can explain why, because I don't really get it. Okay. But Ruby Sue, do you want to explain why it's a trigger point for you? First of all, money is a trigger point for me anyway. I think I've spoken, I don't think we've spoken about like money trauma because I think it is an actual thing. Um, And my issues with money, like, we don't make up words. Pardon? I think I'm pretty sure I've made up that word because I have never heard that before. But there is trauma to do with money and finances. 
I don't even know where to start from in terms of where the trauma start. But for example, I don't open mail. Like Miss Luminary thinks I am loopy. It's like, <laughs> I don't open mail. Don't um, open mail. No. So if oh. I know, <laughs> like if she's no, I let her talk. I should let her talk. I've been in. I have oh. to. So I'm really, I'm really, really. <laughs> Okay. So <laughs> there was a point in our marriage, to be honest, it's, it is like, I think it is stuff that I probably need to process on a serious note. So, for example, when we first got married, we got married in 2008 at the height Thank of. Thank you for the who's here, because it's not me. Yeah. I'm not married to Miss Luminary. I'm married to Justin, Amina. Okay. Um, I just hotted him out. Anyway, um, I, yeah. I, when we first got married, we had no, like we had, we got married in the height of the recession. So there was like, my husband got made redundant. We lost two jobs. There was no money. Bailiffs knocking on the door. Like I had zero account in that. So I think a lot of that traumatized me mentally and it just made me have an aversion to any brown envelopes or white envelopes with a little window that's got my name typed so I can tell when it's a bill and I can tell when it's information when it's a bill I don't open it I just leave it and leave it for my husband to deal with because the trauma of opening a letter and then seeing in big red Oh, now, come now, court is coming, bailiff's coming. It just, it messed up my day. Like in the mornings when I come home, I'm all, in the mornings when I'm going to work, like it just messed yeah. me up. So that's one. And then I think with the, with death and all that kind of life insurance, I think family wise, I think there's a lot of issues I have with inheritance. Like it's been weaponized. There's been things, oh, if you don't do this, you're not going to get anything from the house. If you don't do this, you're not going to get any money from whatever. So it feels very much like I have to behave in order to inherit. And mm -hmm. do you see what I mean? And it doesn't, it makes me feel very much like legacy and it's all tied and all this kind of stuff. So when I think about life insurance, I, I, I think in my head, I'm tying it to that idea of having my children have to earn it or, I don't know, there's a lot to unpack there, but that's what all these thoughts come to my head. That I don't want to think about it. I just want to think. But when one thing that you said, Miss Lumery, that really stuck out was the fact that you inherit the debt. Mm. And that really, that's actually made me quite emotional because I'm just like, oh, crap. Like, I don't want my, ah, that, that yeah. sucks. And I remember being in my 20s having that absolute fear because there was a lot of bad financial decisions my parents made that I'm still scared to this day that I'm going to end up paying for because I don't mm. know if it's sorted. So, that one sentence, I think that's that's the preaching for me. I don't I don't need no one to tell me nothing now. I might need to actually be. <laughs> I mean, you got a customer. <laughs> <laughs> and also, there wasn't money. That's the other thing. There wasn't money to pay for insurance. Let me be real. Like when you've got bailiffs knocking on your door, all you're thinking about is, can I buy soap to wash my ass? Like that's 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 it. That's all you're yeah. thinking of. So yeah. it's only now. And Miss Lumen, we've both spoken about the fact that I'm now having to tell myself that I can afford things because I still yeah. behave like all I can afford is Tesco value. Yeah, yeah, I hate you still. It's a <laughs> like Tesco value, by the way. That's a disclaimer, guys. <laughs> I think there's, I think there's Tesco value. I think there's something in there though about, and I'd like to explore this with you, Tim, about this whole. Um, Oh, she said something. Kat, yeah, she was like, oh, when you've got bailiffs knocking at your door, you know, do you think? And I guess there's something about, do you need to be a certain, of a certain status or earning a certain amount to pay um, life insurance? Um, I won't lie to you, Ruby kind of caught me off guard with everything she just said there as well. Um, yeah, that's, it's deep. And to look at things from that point of view, and I spoke to someone about three weeks ago and it was they were in a similar position and I think they took out a life insurance when they were 18. Something happened and that, that was it. They were scared since then. They've had children since then and whatnot, whatnot. So I had to kind of, you know, unpack all of that and then help her to deal with that. But one thing, one question I asked before I asked, um, answer what Abim was saying is that when the bailiffs are knocking on your door and, you know, the immediate thing is that you haven't got money to do this and do that, but then what happens when cancer or a critical illness or, 
you've lost your job or you're not able to work or this or this or that knocks on your door. Um, the magnitude or the greater amount of, you know, the, the strain that you're going to face then is nothing, you know, is a lot more greater than what you're facing immediately. And I think it's because we're in that position there and then we're like, no, we can't do anything. But then when you take yourself out of it and you look at the bigger way of it, when critical illness, and I know a lot of people in my situations because of this hits you out of nowhere, then what then? So one thing I would always ask that and always say that to people as well, you've got a kind of, your mindset has to be that way. And on top of it, to answer what Ben was saying, I think insurance advisors has a lot have a lot to answer for. Um, the way they make it look is like, you know, there's a package and there's this in place and there's that in place. You choose that. If you don't choose that, you can't get it. And this, no, 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 no. Every wise and considerate, you know, insurance advisor should always set aside something that's in the means of someone's affordability. I've signed up people that have no job but they understand that they have children and they understand that anything can happen at any time. So they will take out a percentage of their benefits to cover a small package or something that will cover them and their children in case something happens. The same way I can do someone that's a millionaire. They, they, you know, they've got certain needs. So it should always be about the person that you're covering and it should always be about what their affordability is and what they can do more, 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 more than, you know, oh, take this and if you can't afford it, no. And I think that's the mentality that a lot of people have when they mention insurance. It's very, you know, oh, not, not like a chore. No, no, it shouldn't be like that. It should be a conversation between yourself and that person and break down, no, what can you afford? What can't you afford? Okay, cool, let's go down this route and let me do what I can do to make sure I fit into that thing. So, yeah. See, if I had a salesman like you, because honestly, when Miss Lumini suggested this, I was like, oh. Like, I was like, no, I don't want to buy nothing. But having this conversation has been really useful. And I'm even, I'm telling myself off because um, I'm not sure whether I told Miss Lunarin this. It might be the first time you heard. So um, just, I think, Tem, just to fill you in, I'm sure our listeners know that I had a history with, I've got i've had i've struggled to have children so we had fertility issues so we had to have IVF privately yeah and i also had two so i've had two surgeries as well and at the time when we were trying to figure out what was going wrong and what was happening with my health they said that um they are my somebody said something about healthcare insurance and yeah. we we're like, oh, no, we don't have healthcare insurance. It was like, oh, because I was in so much pain that they were like, oh, you should get on healthcare insurance. So we did. But by the time we discovered what was actually wrong with me and had to have surgery, the doctor refused to write the letter to claim yeah. on the health insurance. Yeah. So I couldn't claim anyway. And so it just became, wow. we still, I'm pretty sure we're still paying for it now, but it wow. was that kind of, and also it was because I think he, she was saying it was because it was historic. It happened. The issue started happening before we started insurance. And actually, when you're talking now, I'm just like, all these things are coming back to my mind to think, actually, I didn't have an issue with insurance. It was, I guess it's that pain of we paid and then we weren't allowed to claim. And I think I think I had this always fear that even if I pay this insurance, will I be able to claim? You know, we've had I've like I said, I've had two surgeries. And I've, there's certain things that I, now I want to do privately because I don't want to wait for NHS. I mean, I love yeah. NHS, but let's be real. There is a yeah. real need out there. Um, and actually, when you're talking, I'm like, oh, OK. Yeah, actually, there is some healing I need to do myself to say it was fine that it didn't work that time. But it doesn't mean that it's not going to work going forward. And it, yeah. it makes sense. It makes sense that you and also the fact that you can tailor it to, to how much you pay, how much you earn. Yeah, that's important as well. That's really because I was going to say I feel like within and I'm not I don't necessarily always like to bring up race, but I do feel within us as black. I don't even think this extends to Bane populations. I think this within us as black people, particularly as Nigerians, we view life insurance, particularly life insurance. Let's not even get down because Temi mentioned lots of things. He talks about critical care cover. He talks about income protection and all of that. Tim, I think this is fair to say you're going to have to come back and explain that. One hundred percent. Yeah. 
thinking about life insurance, I think it's interesting because I think, A, we don't really understand what life insurance is as a community in terms of black people. Yeah. And I also think that um, we see it as a nice to have, not a necessity, which is, yeah. I think, is the difference between us and somebody that's white. It's not a nice to have for them. It's yeah. something, you know, when you're talking to your kids about money, you're talking to them about life insurance because you yeah. need and you know me and you we, we talked about just before we came on air we talked about you know how we met each other and when we, where we used to work because we used to work together at some point and I remember having conversations with you about things like this and saying but my mum and dad have sat me down and talked to me about this now I consider my parents very unique in that aspect yeah. um, there's something about the misunderstanding of what life insurance is and I wonder if you can explain what life insurance is and how would your beneficiaries, which can be your children or your husband or even your parents, whoever your next of kin is, get that payout and, you know, and it, they do get that payout, not it's a, yeah. oh, you have, to sit, you have to jump around six times and say the name Jesus and then you get the payout. No, the payout, yeah. get that payout. Um, the f- first things first, is in the interest of each, each insurance provider to pay out. So look at it this way, you know, when you go shopping and there's reliable shops that you go to and you know they're going to have certain things in stock, um, you know, they've got a good reputation, so on and so forth. Insurance providers are actually judged on their payout rate. So imagine there's an insurance provider that doesn't really pay out too well or consistently um, and they're up against one that is, you know, they pay out quite a bit, like over 98, like over 97%. They're going to lose business and end up falling off and that person's business will continue to increase. So the, the mindset of people is that they think that people ain't going to, you know, insurance providers don't want to pay out. They, they actually do. And I've been in situations where, you know, applications have gone through and they've been the one that's been chasing the doctors, chasing the consultants, chasing, making sure that the claim goes. There's pressure on their team as well to make sure, the claims team, to make sure these claims, that they are legit for them to go through. Um, so that's one thing that, you know, the, the, we got to kind of work on our mindset and it's like, no, it's not that they don't want to pay out. The only time they don't pay out is when people decide not to be truthful. Mm. Um, they will miss out on the fact because they don't want to affect their premium that yeah they do smoke uh, miss out on the fact that you know they've had suffered from something in the past um, a condition or something like that thinking oh no I can't get the no no one said that to you be as honest as you can be not as honest as you can be as honest tell the whole truth and then we'll figure out what to do next that's our job um, so that's one of the main reasons why people don't receive payouts but if, you're, if your app is clean you've told the truth um, you would have gone into that knowing what you can and what you can't get. So there should be no reason for you not to get it. Um, so, yeah. And with regard to life insurance in general, I think the issue is, is that everyone should just painted it as one thing. Life insurance, when you die, done. It's not that at all. There's so many elements to life insurance, like Ruby was mentioning earlier about private medical insurance. Yes, we've got the private medical insurance, we've got critical illness. If you became critically ill, you don't have to die from the illness. Just being diagnosed, you will get a payout. You know, if you're not able to work for whatever reason and work's not covering your sick pay, you will get money to help you through. There's all different types of things, but we're not exposed to that. Um, and the one thing that I'm always telling people that's so, 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 so key, and I think Abima just mentioned it, trust so when you take out a claim um or you take out um life insurance to a particular provider you are always encouraged to set up a trust this way there's no complications no one contesting anything when when you pass away um the money goes to your beneficiary so basically how it works uh, you set up a trust with the insurance provider um, they were then able to, okay, cool, this is what's happened. Um, that person's passed away. You have a trustee to overlook things and make sure that the money goes to your beneficiaries. So they don't touch the money, the trustees, but they make sure it's been transferred and the money's been given to the right person and the right beneficiaries. That's how a trust works. And a lot of people are actually, you know, putting things out there and they don't have no trust. On top of it with a trust, which is a beautiful thing, with trust, you're not paying tax. Mm-hmm. 
There's no inheritance tax. The, the, the government's not involved with the money that's paid out. It's a full amount. If it's 100,000, 100,000 is being paid out to your beneficiaries and there's no tax on that. And that's the reason why you see a lot of um, rich folks. You think, why are they taking that insurance? They've got how much money? They know what they're doing. They're really ahead of the game. You know, there's certain assets, certain things that will not be taxed. So it's tax-free as well. So, yeah, um, the problem is a lot of people are not educated on this. So you've got advisors. Imagine I was an advisor that didn't know what he, what he was talking about. I just want to get your policy as soon as possible. And there's a lot of things they're going to miss out. They wouldn't ask you the right questions like, have you have you got any medical history or anything like that? It's important that we put that down. Da, 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 da. They just want to, you know, drum home with everything. Before you know it, you won't ever find them again because 10 years, 15 years, they are that line. <laughs> when something's not right, they're not working there long. So you're, you're, in a, you're in a predicament. That's a good point you raise, actually, in terms, I think, um, everything you said is so vital, so, so, um, uh, what's it, useful, really, really good. Um, But I think the point you raised about, say, um, insurance and advisors, in my head, when I hear insurance, I hear sales. I used yeah. to work in sales before. I know what it means to be calling people. You you know, not many people are passionate. Not many people are educated and informed, especially yeah. about this. And it's funny, um, Miss Lunary talked about a black community, but this is like um, a Nigerian community. But I've been thinking a lot about how... Actually, we make a lot of assumptions about other communities, other races, and we assume that I think that they know more or they ha- are exposed to more. And I, don't, I, don't, I just I don't think so. I think there are a lot of things we have. a com- There's a lot of general ignorance around people. Everyone, every race has got some crazy ignorance. Every race has got challenges to do with mental health. Every race has got challenges to do with finances. I think it's just sometimes, we, you know, the grass always looks greener on the other side. So I think this is a message for everybody to get educated. And Miss Lumerie is, a, she is actually unique because I've always told us, listen, I know you've got your issues with your parents, but the level of education they give you is ridiculous to this day. And I think that's why I've got an aversion to talking about money. I said to her, my parents never spoke to me about mortgage. Yeah, I get called. Eh, why haven't you bought a house yet? I'm like, dude, like, when did you talk to me about deposit? I don't know what deposit was. When have you talked to me? Like, oh, why do you have credit cards? When did you tell me about credit cards? You didn't teach me none of this stuff. And I think the other thing is that I have a fear <laughs> of sounding stupid. Okay. So when it comes to money, a lot of my eyes just glaze over. I was at a dinner once. Someone was talking about shares. Miss Lumerie does it all the time. She's like, I'm just, my shares have just gone up. And I'm just like, I'm just. I've just um, about worked out so how yeah, to so save. I think and that it was, um, yeah. I'm sorry, what was I saying? Yeah, so for me, that's my main driver. I I don't think I would care. Honestly, I think I would. It would probably I'd probably be quite a hard sell, and I'm being completely transparent. If I didn't have any of those things, I just for me, it's about the future generation. I don't what I've seen, and you know, this is going to come on to some of the stuff that Tim's going to talk about. But you know, we've seen so many GoFundMe pages this year for people that have died. At young ages, not even, you know, not even like, I'm not even talking about 50-year-olds. I'm talking about 25-year-olds, 20-year-olds who have unfortunately passed away. And in their short life, they've never taken that out. So their parents, who barely are surviving as it is, are now trying to come up. And funerals are expensive. They're not cheap. But do you think this is like a mindset? Because like, as you're talking, I'm sitting and I'm like, I have two kids and I think my mindset is different. So even though, yes, I want to build a future and I, you know, my dream is that when they go to uni, I'll be able to buy a house for them wherever the uni is so that they don't pay rent. That's, that's Mm -hmm. my dream. But I think I've, I'm, my mind is more focused on my productivity if that makes any sense, than of building this thing rather than looking, I don't know how to describe it. On my, I just, all I know is that I'm focusing on me and my giftings and my productivity rather than posterity. If, is it posterity the one that comes like after? I don't know whether that makes any sense. Well, then you mean it's in the future? No, as in like, 
I am thinking of the future, but I'm thinking of it in terms of my me building a business building enterprise rather yeah. than me building financial engine. Do you understand what I mean? Financial mm-hmm. engines and shares and say, I'm thinking of, I need to hustle. I need to build this business. I need to do that rather than mm-hmm. I'm putting my money in shares. But I think that's more to do with my mindset. And I think many people are in that mindset where they are hustling, but they're not thinking of posterity. I think posterity is the right word. You're not thinking wider. You're thinking about the toil in your hands rather than the investments that you can make. Do you see what I mean? And I think a lot of Africans, especially Nigerians, are very into you doing stuff with your hands to make that money, to get that salary. But we're not thinking posterity. We're not thinking of making our money work for itself. Yeah, I was going to say, it's about making money work. Yeah. So, and I think it's more to do with education and how it's digested. So for me, I don't like on Instagram right now, they just feels like, personally, this would be me be 100% honest. There just feels like there's 12 year olds who are on Instagram and like, look at me, I've bought my first house and five million, come and hear all these amazing ways of how, and I'm just not, like it puts me off. Cause I'm like, I'm double your age and I haven't got that, but I need, I guess maybe like someone like Thames who can be like a bit more like, look, I get it. The hustle is real. Let's talk about it. But it just feels like, and it's because you've got various, you've even got the 20 year olds who are just dot com people who've just come up and made all this money and it's great. And I'm not knocking their hustle or you've got, you know, to be crude, you've got these white people who are so old that make everything so complicated. And I'm stuck in the middle. Like I, I still don't know. I guess, I guess there's a question for me in that, which is around because I remember having this conversation with Temi, and Temi was like, "No, nah, I'm not on it." So I guess what so what what changed your mind, Temi? I think that would be useful for listeners to know is what changed your mind. What suddenly made you think, "No, nah, I need this. This I need this to take care of my children." Because I think that's probably the point that will probably hit home to somebody like Ruby Sue's or somebody some of our listeners out there that are like, "No, nah, I don't." I don't buy into it. Um, and yeah. I do agree that there is that whole age gap. You've either got that 20-year-old or you've got a 50-year-old and you're like, can I just have somebody that looks like me and talks like me that can actually explain this to me in language yeah. that makes sense to me? Um, so, yeah, over to you, Tim. It's a combination of both. So I see where you're, both of you are coming from. Obviously, we do it for our children, but also we need to do it for ourselves. First things first, I'll cover the first thing. I think you even said it when we started. Um, I wouldn't want anyone um, having to dip into their savings to bury me. Um, so if I was the past before my parents or something had happened and God said it's my time, I wouldn't want them having to struggle. And even if they've got the money, but having to dip into their savings to cover me when I could have put something in place that would have covered me. Um, also on top of it as well, how can I be productive or work hard or hustle? And at any time, I'm not stupid human. That anything can happen to us at any time. So I could become ill. I could be, you know, not being able to work um, for whatever reason. Things happen, it's life. So if I'm not able to do these things and there's nothing in place to cover my finances, or I have to rely on my partner or this person to dip into their hard earned savings for me, I feel like it will be a, not a burden, but I would throw away when I know that I could have just thought a bit smarter. I thought, you know what, let me put this so 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 aside and you know let me make sure I'm covered just just in case anything happens I know that if I was to feel well I was to do this I am covered my bills are covered um, I may not be productive right now but I'm, no one's getting in debt you know I'm still able to contribute towards the bills so on and so forth and one thing I read I read the, I think it was last week I read the word and I think it was about a pool and then there was a particular um, verse that was just breaking down all that Paul had gone through. I didn't know what he went through, all that he went through. Like the shipwrecks, um, the persecutions, the beatings, the whole lot of it. And he went through it a number of times. So me, when I read that, I just read, oh, that was a one-off, that was a one-off. Nah, he went through the works. And I was thinking to God about it, and I'm like, that's that's Paul. Like, he's blessed and he's highly favoured. But he went through stuff, like, you know, things happened to him. Um, during that time, it might not talk about illnesses and that, so on, but a lot of things happen. So it could happen to absolutely any of us at any time. Does it mean that God doesn't love us? Does it mean that, you know, you know, we, we've done something wrong? No, not necessarily, because we're here on this earth temporarily anyway. And I'm starting to think about that now. If I even digress, my mindset is starting to think 
beyond this world. So when I'm here, I know I need to show myself. I need to put things in place until the point where I don't have to do that when I leave this earth. And then lastly, my children. Um, yeah, some of us are not in a position where we can leave a great amount of money for them or, you know, a legacy or whatnot. And sometimes our only option is insurance. You work hard, do what we need to do now. But that insurance, when we do pass away, that legacy that's left behind for them, that's for them to build on. Mm-hmm. And also as well, another thing that people kind of miss out on, you know, when I say about the critical illness cover, that covers your children. Mm. Um, it covers them all the way until the age of 21 where they're dependent and they can then start making decisions themselves, take out insurance. If anything was to happen to my child and they wasn't covered because I didn't put a cover in place, even if I'm not going to utilize it, um, mm. it would be a strain. It would be a financial strain. It would be an emotional strain that we've all got to tackle anyway. But let's be real. When this is a real world, fun money will come into it as well. It will mm. start to take its toll. So it covers all angles. Future, not letting anyone to inherit the debt, but also thinking about my children to come as well, leave our hand a legacy and thinking about now. So it com- kind of combines what, what you and um, Ruby were saying. No, that's a, that's that's really that's a, that's quite insightful actually. And like I said, I think we're gonna have to bring you back to come down at some point and give us a breakdown um, yeah. of each of the different types of covers. Um, but yeah, I, I, you know, I completely. I mean, I've, I'm sold on life insurance. I think Ruby Sue's might be getting there. Um, and I completely hear what you're saying. And I loved what you said, you know, for some of our listeners out there that are of the faith as in our Christians, because, you know, we both myself and Ruby are as well. Um, it, that's, 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 I think that sometimes that's a bit of the fear. Because you know what? Yeah. I actually remember being in church and the pastor preached and said, I don't need life insurance. I have Jesus. And I thought, and I remember my parents at the time were both like, that's nonsense. Like, See, I would say that's nonsense. I, if I was in church, even despite my issues, I would say that's nonsense. But I think I have work to do in terms of being like I can. Aff- I think I've got. Then what is that thing they say? Scarcity mindset. Where yeah. you always think you've got less when you, you yeah, 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 when you've got more. Yeah, so no, I, I agree. I think that, that I deal with as well. Um, but I guess for me, it wasn't a nice. I guess the difference for me is that my scarcity mindset doesn't necessarily affect in that area. So it's not a nice to have. I, it's, a, it's something that I need to have. But just picking up on Temi's point as well, because Temi talks about, you know, what Paul went through. And I think sometimes we think when it comes to things like life insurance or critical illness or critical illness cover and things like that, you know, it, it you know, it, you know, like I said, alluded to earlier, you're wishing the devil upon your life. But actually suffering is part of part of the Christian world. And I loved what Temi said when he said, you know, when God decides it's my time, because the thing is, just because I want to leave to 65 doesn't mean I'm I'm going to. Well, you know, I'd love to. But the reality, well, if you look at the likes of somebody like Kobe Bryant, he he he's like there's nobody that's and I, I'm not saying it as in like this final statement, but you know, there's a sense of he did so much before he went. And like his legacy is living on forever. Mm-hmm. And he at like 41, 42. So, you know, it's like, for me, like, and I love what, and, uh, you know, I'm just picking up on what Timmy was saying. He was like, you know, your critical illness cover, cover your children all the way till they're 21 until they start making decisions. For me, it's that kind of covering them and teaching them that this is how, legacy isn't just about what people say, but it's also about what, you know, financially what I can leave for you. And sometimes, and or not even sometimes, more often than not, it's not about let's have this, big pool of money it could be that my legacy for you financially speaking is that i pay that 10 pounds a month every day until you know i I eventually passed on and now because of that you get something that means you can set up my children get something that means they're set up for the future like that is big that's big and i think you know that's 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 for me is why i really wanted to bring this conversation to the platform because and, you know, Temi's really, really, really passionate about it. And anybody that's on my WhatsApp um, will know that I've been, I'm always sharing, you know, how people can get in contact with him, um, you know, because even if you, just because you've got it, doesn't mean that it's the right one for you. Um, 
So on that note, Kemi, how often do you think that, you know, life insurance can be reviewed or how often would you suggest? Because I know we've talked about it as well. Yeah, it's, 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 it's recommended like every two, two years, um, even some cases a year, but every two years um, that it gets to reviewed. Reason being that like, even I know elders that, you know, I've spoken to them. Ah, yes, I, I don't know. I've got life insurance. Da, 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 da. I took it out time ago. No, I've done it through my bank. I've done this, I've done that. But when you actually G-check or go and see through their actual life insurance policy and how fragile it is, in their minds, they're thinking they're getting this certain amount and they think if anything happens to them now, they're covered. Not knowing that their term's coming up soon and that uh, some, there's some limitations to what they have in their policy. And if it's something that's done so long ago, then, you know, it's gonna, it's, that's what's going to happen anyway. There's terms, there's things that's not there available, like conversions, all of that stuff there. And it's important that, you know, these things are reviewed. It's important that they're reviewed. That's why I always say, you know, I say, check your parents' one, check your aunties' one, check. check. There's nothing wrong with getting a review. If I've seen a policy and I've seen it's a good job, I want to know who done it for you because I want to rate them. I want to learn from them. I'm like, wow, this was a very good job. This is a tight policy and you are covered. Why am I going to tamper or touch to touch something that's going to cover you? And, you know, but there's are situations where policies are not good. And I thank God I stepped in when I did, you know, because, boy... And yeah. do reviews cost money or are they free? The, everything I do, if I'm having a conversation, for, for example, when I spoke with you, and yeah. I took that brief information down. I think what people have done is they've overcomplicated this whole this process, and it's mm-hmm. like a, it's a big, big process to everyone in their minds. Now, it doesn't. Consultations are free. There's no upfront cost as well. So literally, you know, if you want to start paying a direct debit, you know, next month for this particular date, it will come out at that particular date. No upfront costs. Consultations are free. To review it, it's not free. And as well, if you go to an insurance provider and they're not the greatest, you can cancel. You're not contrary. You're not, you're not contracted to them. So there's a lot of people, there's a lot of perceptions, oh, I can't end it with them. No, yes, you can. If you take out a policy with me and it's not good enough for you and we speak about it and you disagree and say, you know what, I want to go and do it with someone else, whatever, I'm not, I can't hold you back from doing that. So things are very, very simple. Even the consultations I have are very simple. It's literally a conversation. And I think that's the feedback I've been getting from people when I'm speaking to them on the phone. I'm not jumping straight in there. I'm like, I want to know where you're coming from. You know what I'm saying? I'm not just going to come and say, okay, finances, name, no. Let me talk with you. That's why some of my consultations do take long. And for somebody that is really busy, I make it nice and nippy, but still make it personal. You know what I'm saying? So, um, yeah, I think that's where I'm trying to change up this whole thing, like this daunting experience. It's not that at all. You know, it's a conversation. We talk about it. I'm able to see, okay, cool. I think this is what you can afford, but you know what? Let me know what you personally can afford because you've got to put savings aside, you've got to do this. And you'd be like, tell me, this is what I can work with. And I say, you know what? Let me see what I can do. Let me see if I can stay within that budget. And if I need to go over, I will explain to you why and the benefits of it. But if you think to yourself, it's a conversation. Insurance should be a conversation. You know, I'm, I'm experienced in this, but you should have a lot of input in it as well and as to why you need this and so on and so forth. Everything you've said has just made me think, I'm pretty sure we do have insurance, but like I rightly, lightly said at the start of the conversation, I don't bother my brain with it. My husband usually deals with it. But what has made me think is like actually reviewing it and finding out what's included. That's really, that's a good point because it's often when you break your phone, isn't it? Then you're like, oh, I'm sure I took out insurance. And then they say, oh yeah, we don't like, we don't cover if it fell on the floor. You're like, so what? I paying for what was yeah. I paying for all that time so yeah. yeah it's true. no this has been a really good conversation and I know I've said this is my first time I say I'm going to bring back because this has been really insightful um, yeah. and I've managed to convince Ruby Sue's which is always a win for me so if people do want to contact you because you never know somebody might be listening and be thinking I actually do need life insurance I don't have life insurance how can people reach out to you how can people contact you um you're on social, it looks like you're on social media. What's your kind of Instagram handle and that kind of stuff? 
my Instagram handle and social media and Instagram mainly because I've got like you, you can just click on the booking consultation there and it's free I keep on reminding everyone um, but you can click on that so it's Mr. Faith and Finance um, literally at Mr. Faith and Finance um, right and it's as simple as that. I'm on there, I'm on Twitter, and my number as well, you know, that, that can be made available to them yeah. just to, to call me. Yeah. Um, and one thing I will say as well, that a lot of people, it's the timing, people procrastinate. So mm-hmm. they want to do it, but things creep in again and whatnot, whatnot. It's, it's my responsibility to make sure, not that I'm firm, but, but like, okay, guys, we're going to do this. Let's do this because I don't know what next week may hold. I don't know what tomorrow. I don't know anything. I'm not God, you know. So I've got the skills needed to get put things in place for you and get you up and running. Do not procrastinate. Hold on. I don't. I'm not scared. I'm actually. I'm actually aware. Cool. I think I was not to not to like not to put the other podcast on blast. But I think there was another podcast I was listening to that you were on and you talked about your mentor. You were you you reviewed your physical care cover. Policy. Yeah, he never had it in place. He didn't have it in place. He thought he did. He didn't have it in place. And then, like, what, three weeks later or three days later? later three weeks <laughs> later, he became critically ill. Something was wrong with his heart. Can it you was see? God, though. Yeah, it was God. We knew it was God. The timing yeah. was like, I, mm. that was my first ever person that I signed. And wow. he wanted the hold of life. Um, he wanted this. And he thought he had that. So I checked, I reviewed his policy, and it wasn't that. So mm. I quickly replaced it for him. Three weeks later, he, I spoke to him on the phone and we were just laughing together saying, you see God, because the mm-hmm. timing. So now, yeah, he's, uh, he's, um, his claim is being processed. That's good. That's good. And that's praise God for that. And I think for anybody that's listening, um, definitely by all means, if you think, if you have that pang in your chest, listen, I'll just say this out there. Tell me not pay me commission of any uh-huh. sort, get any money. There's no free jollof. There's nothing in this. I think <laughs> it's just... You're not throwing in jollof. I'm not throwing in jollof. Not right now, oh. anyway. But oh, I think it's going to be enough at my house. Let me just tell you right <laughs> if, if you do feel that pang in your chair, like, put it in the caption. By all means, like, reach out because I think, it, for me, financial literacy, so literacy is so important. <laughs> And yeah. it's not. It's not about rich. It's just generally. I think everybody should be a financially literate adult. And yeah. like life insurance, come under that. It's the same way that you know all of us have studied English that were born in England, or you studied your language from wherever you're from and whatever your the mother tongue is to you know to to learn how to speak that, write it. It's a it's a foundational thing when you get to that age where you are no longer legally a child. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like I waited, I didn't get my, my life insurance until I was about 27. That's seven years where anything could have happened. Yeah. And my parents would have had to fork out cash. There's no other way around it. Like, you know, there's no, there's no real, there's no real thing. My parents would have had to fork out cash to pay yeah. for anything. Um, so get in touch. Um, Temi, thank you so much for coming on. Um, yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure. We've really appreciated you. We'll look forward to scheduling a new date with you to come back and talk us through yep. all the different options that are available. Ruby, no too, you got yes. the final word. The final word. Um, go look at your policy, peeps. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, where's, the, where's the nearest money therapist? That's all going to be some counseling for me. <laughs> like, seriously, legit, I think it's a big thing. Like, maybe I should go study it. I think there is there is a big thing about money drama on a serious note. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Thanks. Thanks. Thank you, Sam. We'll see you soon. Bye. See ya. Bye. See ya. See ya. <laughs>